Welcome to the Key Wellbeing Podcast and our new series, Lunchtime Listens, where it's all about real clients, real employee wellbeing challenges, and of course, real expert advice. Let's get started. The number of men and women in the world is roughly equal, but although we've got equality in numbers, we don't always have equality in how people are treated. We've all heard the saying, this is a man's world, right? And the sad thing is, many still believe it. We're joined today by the wonderful Claire Preston, who is Head of Operations at the Power of Women CIC, an amazing fundraising initiative that's on a mission to change the old school man's world narrative by providing young women across the Tees Valley with inspiration, resources and information to let them know that they have the power to do anything. With a career in management, teaching and training, Claire has a ton of knowledge and experience that she brings with her to the Power of Women campaign, along with her own passion for growth, inspiring others and supporting equality. And we can't wait to talk to her today on the subject of just how important female empowerment really is. So without further ado, let's get into it. So welcome, Claire. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Marie. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, a busy day as ever, but, but great to be talking to you. Yeah, you too, as always. Absolute pleasure. Well, let's get into it, shall we, on this super important topic. So has anyone ever told you personally that you can't do something because you're a girl? Do you know what? That's a really, really good question. And the only thing I can think of is when I was sort of being a bit of a rebel when I was uh, probably about 10, 11, something like that. And my brothers were altar boys at at the local church. And I wanted to be an altar boy. and the really, really traditional old, pre- old priest was like, no, absolutely. And I did make a bit of a fuss about it and said that it wasn't fair. Um, it probably wasn't the time to challenge the Catholic Church, to be fair. But um, but I, I gave it a go. Uh, that, but that's the only time, only time um, that I can think of that somebody has said no to me, in all honesty. I don't think there's been another occasion where I couldn't do something because I was a girl, thankfully. Love it. I think that's a testament to your character. I'm going to take that laugh as a yes so what would your advice be to young women if they are told that they can't do something because they're female like oh those kind of jobs aren't for you or that kind of path's not for you or we don't do that like we're women wow well I would just say that it is absolutely for them if that's what they want because they can be anything that they want to be um, and I would 100% advocate that, which is why I'm so passionate about the Power of Women campaign, because girls and women bring so much to every situation, to every organisation, to every community. Um, and it's not that they can't do it. It's that they they can do it if they really want to. Um, anything is possible. And I think that is such a lesson that we really need to get across to our young people. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad that you brought up the power of women, actually. And, you know, we see some of the amazing work that you're doing on social and like lots of great events that you're running. And it's just such a great initiative. Um, who would you say is your role model, though, and your inspiration? Well, that's before I answer that, it's lovely of you to say those things about the power of women. But I really must point out that I'm only a tiny part of the power of women. Um, obviously, I've only been involved for the last few months. Um, and the the huge inspiration behind that was, of course, the late Professor Jane Turner, who was an absolute, the ultimate inspiration and role model. And I'm really blessed to have, to have known Jane and then to be able to play a part in her legacy. Um, but there was an amazing board and is an amazing board in place that are 
that are doing that are behind the great work that power of women do um but in terms of when i was younger who inspired me i was really really fortunate um when i was around 19 i started to work for a charity and i met an amazing woman um who was in the late 30s um and she had had various different businesses and she was working for the charity because various things had happened in her personal life um and she'd gone to up this charity a complete sort of shift in, in what she'd been used to within her career and she was an inspiration and she was an incredible support and motivator and mentor and i'm lucky enough to say that she's became she became a very very dear lifelong friend i was best man at her wedding some years ago and um she just showed me what was possible and when i was this really awkward 20 something year old and and opportunities came my way and i dismissed them um she was always the one to say but you can of course you can why can't you and i'd say well because it's just me i'm just Claire from Middlesbrough but we don't do things like this and she said but but you can but you really really can and honestly and truly it took a long long time before I really wholeheartedly listened to that message and it probably wasn't until I was in my late 30s and 40s that I became more confident and really believed that which is really sad but it's one of the reasons why I'm again why I'm so passionate about what I do now because the earlier we can get to young girls and women with that message of self-belief and showing them what's possible um then the more lives we can change but no I'll be forever grateful for, for having that voice and for having that mentor and an amazing woman who had done different things that I would never ever have been exposed to or, or realized that people could do so she'd run restaurants and she'd run her own clothes shops and she'd had various different businesses and um, she'd been everything from a, a milk woman to a uh, like a, a, an award-winning restaurateur and it was just she was just an inspiration in showing me what was possible um not necessarily for women but just generally in life mm, and particularly from this area right indeed mm. absolutely absolutely so well, yeah I just want to bring it back to to Power of Women then. So based on sort of what you're doing in the region with Power of Women, what are some of the biggest struggles that you've seen amongst young girls when you're going into schools and we're talking about, you know, having these aspirations and thinking about what's possible for us? What are some of the the blocks or the struggles or the challenges that you're you're noticing? Well, as is is the, the, the foundation and the why behind the Power of Women, the biggest challenge that we have is making success visible um, to our young people and to our young girls and women. Um, and obviously we do that through building that community of role models, which was Jane's idea in the first place. Um, but we all know that the impact of those that meaningful engagement with professional role models is, is not just important, it's absolutely essential. It, it has a massive long-term effect um, on career aspiration, learning potential, uh, all sorts of different things. It really has been researched and proven to be the case. But for a lot of our young people, they, do, they genuinely do not have those role models within their homes, within their communities. Um, and so we need to we need to change that. And and it's absolutely true that people cannot be what they can't see, which is why a lot of children and young people aspire to be something that they see through through the media, um, because that's what they look up to. Whereas if we have some really positive role models who are genuinely showing what what is really achievable and what's possible both on their doorstep 
and further afield, then we will we'll start to make a difference. Absolutely. And how are you sort of going about that then? So you're, you're going into school, sort of running like information sessions, like you're, I, I noticed that you're capturing profiles of professional and successful women around the region. So how are you sort of bridging that gap to sort of put that in front of the younger women of today? Well, you're absolutely right. That is what we do. Um, it's a little bit more structured than that because the education programme that we deliver in schools, in primary schools at the moment, um, is very specifically focused around um, equity, um, talking about gender equality, talking about gender stereotypes and breaking those down and looking at career aspiration, um, looking at individual strengths, and looking at what's possible. And we use various examples and to, to get conversations going and to really generate those thought processes. And, and it, it, it never ceases to amaze me or please me when we hear feedback later that teachers have overheard fantastic conversations either in the playground or in the corridors between boys or between boys and girls who've taken part in one of the sessions and then saying, well, that's not fair. And why should he earn that? And why should she? So, and so, and it's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to raise awareness of what is and what isn't fair and to start those conversations because those children will take those conversations home. They will start to talk to other people about it. And so what we do is we do that work with large groups in primary schools. We then give individuals the opportunity to apply for a role as a, a power ambassador. And all children are guided through an application process and a recruitment process. And then with support of local business people, they're interviewed for the role of power ambassador. And then we employ four, we engage four. Um, we're going into, into a contract with four power ambassadors from each school, two boys and two girls, who we then do more intensive work with with a view to them being exactly as it says on the tin ambassadors for advocacy ambassadors for equality and really advocating that that message back in school and within their homes and communities so we will do different things like we will take them to um, to meet different employers we'll bring employers along to meet them we take them on inspiration days we held a really successful inspiration day recently um, at GB Bank, and we had a whole host of professionals. Um, we had Helena Bowman from Middlesbrough Football Club. We had authors, we had coaches, um, scientists, loads of really inspirational people who showed these children what has been achieved by people locally and the options and opportunities that are available to them um, if they so desire it. So then what we do, those ambassadors are given the tools and resources and the skills that they need to then go and deliver that message and share with other children in their school and with their peers what they've learned about those opportunities and about these different professions, about these different people. Um, and to get again, get those conversations going and sow those seeds of aspiration and ambition. Such important work, such important work. And uh, and thank you for everything you're doing in that space. It's, um you know, a movement that we've needed to have for a while. And it's good that we're starting to see some some change in attitudes in the region. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. So so bringing it back to our region, then, you know, uh, we're in the northeast of England. We've got the uh, the Freeport and lots of industry and lots of, um, you know, manufacturing and lots of typically maybe old school thinking male dominated environments. So what work is there to be done then to sort of, you know, bring in that equality conversation into those industries? And is there anything more that maybe local industries can be doing? That's a really, really good question. And, you know, there's a whole range of um, 
attitudes and and different stages that people are at on that journey. I think a lot of business leaders absolutely do recognize that they need to do more. Um, others not so, um, and everything in between. But some people are doing some amazing stuff in terms of looking at how they can make their uh, their employment more flexible uh, and more uh, equal. Um, and we see some fantastic examples that we're working with a few great organizations at the moment, including PD Ports and Traceco and the PX Group, to name just a few. And they are very specifically looking at what they can do to support women within their workplace and to actually look at their policies and practices and actually look at how they can empower women and make sure that the women feel listened to. Um, obviously we need to ask the right questions in the first place in terms of what those women feel that they need or what's missing and what might be preventing them from taking the next next step in their career um, or what might be causing them a problem. People have so many different situations, don't they? Um, I'm a single parent and I think people sometimes underestimate the, the difference that a supportive employer can make in that situation, not just as a single parent, but if you're a carer, uh, particularly people of a certain age have parents of a certain age or could be caring for a, a spouse or a partner. There are lots and lots of different things that people do. Menopause awareness, that obviously is becoming much more um, openly discussed now, but there is so much more that we need to do in the workplace to educate men and women about the um, about the menopause. And this is affecting 50% of the population. There is no excuse for not knowing more about it and not knowing how we can support women through that stage in their life. Um, and if we can do things like that and also explain to business leaders how they can be helping and what a difference that can make to their staff well-being and productivity and retention it's a win-win for everyone but but it very much is a journey and a lot of that is an education process but hopefully if we all start to to contribute to that and try and influence things then it will make a difference absolutely i'm glad that you brought up menopause as well and um, we were speaking to sharon sinclair williams recently about that and um you know obviously as a well-being organization we're learning more and more about it as we run more and more sessions for organizations and i'll be honest with you I'm a little bit scared coming into this uh, this stage of life. How is it going to affect me? Because everyone's different and no one can actually tell you. It's this lottery that we all play. So um, I'm glad that more people are talking about it. And um, yeah, it affects, you know, half of us physically, but probably all of us, um, you know, in some way, shape or form. So, um, so yeah, different life stages and uh, just different awareness of, of, uh, of female health. So mm. what are some of the ways that you think that, employers can sort of do a bit of work and, and, and try to empower more women in the workplace and you know I think that there's a, a, a risk of maybe leaving skills on the table if we're not doing all that we can to really think about the amazing women that we can be recruiting into our organizations so so what can employers do to empower women in the workplace and to make it an organization where women actually want to go there and work well as I say I see some great examples of this um emerging and I think that there is so much more that could be done but but some great some excellent good practice that can be shared and what I've seen emerge are forums for female employees to actually collectively have a voice and to encourage and support each other to share their thoughts and views and like I said by by then getting those women together 
and asking them what would make a difference to you? How can we help you? We recognize the potential, that the resource that we have available to us that isn't being utilized. And for everyone's benefit, let's have a look at how we unpick that. And, and one way that I think can, that I'm a huge advocate of coaching, and I think that one way that employers could really help is by making more coaching available to women. I think that a lot of women are um, just generally less confident. And we all know, don't we, that, I mean, it's been proven that um, that men will tend to apply for a role if they can take half of the job spec, whereas women wouldn't do it even in some cases when they do tick all of the job spec, they might still think that it, it does sound beyond them. So we really need to work with women on that and we really need to show them what their strengths are. And you, sometimes you can do that really effectively through coaching and also look at break down some of, breaking down some of those, those barriers in terms of the ceilings that they impose on themselves, either through personal circumstance um, or something that's happened to them in the past, past experience, et cetera. But I think that it's about how we can unlock that potential and how we can really get women to see what they are capable of, but also understanding what they want. Um, so I think that's a really, really important discussion because lots of women do not want, know what they want or even give themselves the time to think about that and set those goals. Um, we talked briefly about goals recently, didn't we? But how many of us really set goals? Not as many, not as many as, as should, as we should. And I think sometimes we set them um, within our working practice on a daily basis, but do we really set them for ourselves? Do we set live goals? Do we show, do we make a, a commitment to, to us and, and what we want to get out of life? I would say not. I would say not. Um, and I think that that would be so beneficial for employers to engage coaches to actually encourage that within the workforce and I think it would have fantastic benefits for everyone yeah that is such a good idea and uh hopefully uh hopefully that catches on I think that would make a huge difference yeah mm. um well one final question that we ask everybody on the podcast and uh, you sort of answered it then but maybe you've got some more color to add to it so what is one way that you think employers can create healthy happy workplaces I think it's about people feeling heard I really do um I think that you can talk about how do people feel valued there are loads of ways to make people feel valued but I think particularly during COVID people became more aware of the need um for people to feel that sense of connection and that belonging don't they and I think that that connectivity comes from effective communication and listening uh and I think back to various different circumstances, um, different environments that I've worked within and things that I could definitely have done better. But I think that it is everybody's responsibility to make people feel heard. Um, and as we know, that's that's different to just listening. I mean, you have to really think about what, what is being said and how can we act upon that in order to improve our environment um, and the well-being of our teams. and relationships within those settings because at the end of the day it's the relationships within those work settings that really really contribute to how people feel about their jobs absolutely nailed it love it thank you i think that's a that's a really good point um so if people want to find out more about you this has been an absolute pleasure and if they want to hear more about what you do and uh with the power of women where can they find you your socials your website let the people know 
I'm really bad at social, uh, but it is on my goals. It is on my goals list for this year to actually improve that. I have said that for a number of years, though, to be fair. Um, so I, I am on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and But if I'm always, always really happy to talk to people about the power of women um, and about the work that we're doing and how we need to work in partnership with the local business community and educators. Um, so get in touch at powerofwomen.org.uk and come to one of our networks working sessions have a look at what we're doing with different events including um, forthcoming international women's day festival we'd love to see new faces and talk to people about how together we can make a difference in our region i love it well thank you so much for making the time to talk to us today and uh, i look forward to seeing you again soon thanks so much marie thanks for listening to the key Wellbeing podcast don't forget we've got a whole library of free guides toolkits resources and fortnightly lunchtime lessons just like this with an epic lineup of guests all to help you to create a healthy, happy workplace. Find it all on our website, www.keywellbeing.co.uk.